you for downloading this podcast from Victory Outreach Manchester. We pray that this message will bless your life as you listen. I will trust, he says, and will not be afraid. If any of you have been suffering from fear and anxiety, you need to, de- you need to declare this. I will trust, say it out right now. And not be, not be afraid. This is a vocation. This is an act of volition. This is willpower. This is real will stuff. This is your will coming under submission to the will of God and saying, in echoing God's words, I will trust in the God of my salvation. And I will not fear. For the Lord is my strength. Oh, I don't know about you, but God is my strength. My strength ain't in my bank account. My strength ain't in my physical being. My strength ain't in my circumstances. My strength is not in the government. My strength is not in outside sources. My strength is from my God. And He is my song. You know, sound's powerful. Sound is more powerful than anything else. That's why the Bible says about faith, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Sometimes you've got to talk to yourself instead of trying thinking yourself out your problems. I heard a guy once, he, he said this, he said, what I'm going to do is, he said, I'm going to ask you to count from one to ten in your head and then I'm going to ask you to say your name out loud. As soon as I say, say your name out loud, say it out loud, your name. You'll know what your name is, right? I mean, you're confused about what your name is. Everyone knows your name. Everyone can count to 10. Put your hands up. That's how you can count to 10. Hallelujah. Right? Check this out. So I'm going to ask you to do that. Count to one from one to 10 in your head. But as soon as I say, say your name, you've got to say your name. You ready? Start counting. Say your name. What number did you stop in your mind? Three or four? Why didn't your mind keep going? Because your words are more powerful than your mind. And sometimes you're so deeply ensconced in your own thinking, which sometimes is stinking thinking, that you get tripped up, caught out, messed up, embroiled in all these mad mind games. And how many of you know the battle is for the mind? It's in the mind, but it's for the heart. The battleground is the mind, right? Every time you watch TikTok and you see someone doing better than you, because they've got better moves than you have. Come on, somebody. Some people have got some moves. They do TikTok. I've never done TikTok. I don't even have TikTok. I don't have TikTok on my devices. Because I'll be honest with you, I don't want some foreign power looking into my life. Sometimes you've got to speak to yourself. Sometimes you've got to declare, there's a song. God sung the universe into creation. He spoke. The Bible says in Job that the sons of God, the celestial beings that he created, 
They sang for joy at creation. If you put sand on a, a table and you play sound over the sand, the sand will make shapes dependent upon the frequency of the sound that you make. You've got to understand that song is important. Worship is important. Praise is important. Harmony is important. Timing is important. Singing out some God praises is important. Sometimes when you're down, you need to look up and you need to lift up a song of praise to God. It might just be, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It might be in another language, tongues. It might be in your own language. It might be in Yoruba. It might be in Portuguese. It might be in French. It might be in Spanish. It might be in, in, in Twi. It might be in whatever language it is. Scottish. Power. Power in it. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song. And he has become my salvation. Woo. Then it says this, check this out. Verse 3, I love this. This was my standout verse, this is it. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. How many of you have fallen into the trap, and we all do from one time or another, of enduring your salvation? Right? Man, this is a drag. Man, this is a grind. My goodness, I wish that I could just get drunk. I wish I could get high. I wish I could do this and do that. Because this really is a little bit of a drag. Salvation's a drag. bit disappointed with my salvation. If you ain't going to be honest in the church, right, then you ain't got no chance. Amen? You ain't got hope. This is the safe place where you can be honest. I'm a pastor, man. I get disappointed. I get disappointed. I want God to do stuff and he doesn't do it in my timing. I get disappointed. I get disappointed. I look in the mirror. I'm like, I prayed for a six-pack. <laughs> get disappointed when I've only got a five-pack. <laughs> but God is saying to us in this day, man, joy. This is what I'm saying to you. There's joy. There's joy. You know, when, when you throw a bucket down into a well to draw up the water, it's like you have to have a little bit of endurance. How many of you have ever tried to pull a bucket full of water up from a hole? No, you haven't. Come on now. Some of you have. Hey, 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 hey. Huh? Promises full crocodiles for that water as well. Amen. But it's, it takes, it's like you've got to draw it up. You've got to endure it. It's like, my goodness. You want to drop it at times. I mean, if you know, you would, the weight of it, sometimes you just want to drop your salvation. Sometimes you want to drop your fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit. I mean, if you know, sometimes you want to drop your fruit. 
Someone cuts you up on the motorway. Huh? What's your immediate thing? Bless you, my son. I will wait for that slow driver in front of me to get where they're going, even though I'm late. Patience. I love the way that that person's driving. No. You're like, get out of the way, you maggot. Huh? Sometimes you want to drop it. But when you draw it, when you do it, when you continue to get it up, you get up there, living water. In that bucket, contained in that bucket, is water that's been drawn from a living stream. So that's what wells tap into. Wells tap into water that is underground, that is always there, it's consistent, and it's flowing. How many of you know there's a lot of Christians, and it might be some of us in this place right now, that have been content with drinking bottled water. Oh, but it's still water. Yeah, but you know the bottles of water that we get? You know that it's been a long time since that was living. Since it was flowing. Mostly it's been sitting in that bottle, plastic, drawing in all of the contaminants in that plastic bowl for a long time before it gets to you and you, in your thirst, uncap it and you go, oh, I feel so refreshed. How many of you have tasted living water from a running stream or a, a beautiful river and it's crystal clear and the nutrients are fresh and it just gets down into your soul? Even that, Jesus said, that type of water that you drink, you're going to thirst again. But the wells of salvation, when you sink down into that living water of the Spirit and you don't quit when you're drawing it out and you don't stop when you're giving and you don't stop when you're praying and you don't quit when you're believing and you keep going and you keep declaring and you keep worshiping and you keep praying and you keep turning up and you keep engaging and you keep learning and you keep growing and you keep receiving and you keep releasing, then all of a sudden something comes into you and it flows in you and you find yourself satisfied in a way you've never been satisfied before. And that was just the opening. You can take your seats. You can stand up. Really important, this thing about wells, this thing about salvation. I'm just going to give you a few thoughts and then we're going we're gonna to pray. Are you okay? Are you with me? Can you sense the Spirit of God? Spirit of God's moving in this place, man. You need to receive. You need to drink him in today. Your life can change. It can never be the same again. There's some wonderful things that salvation has in store for you. It's amazing. How many of you believe that church is really, really amazing? Depends on your perspective. There's a guy called uh, J. John. He's a canon. Like, that's the... the Anglican term for his role. It's not that he's, he actually shoots things out from him, although he does scripturally. But he said this thing once. 
he was on a plane and people, you know, people always ask you what you do. Now, when people ask me what I do, and I told them I'm a pastor, I generally have one of two reactions. Number one, sharp, stop it, no way. Thought you was, you know, a bouncer, or this, or that. You know, an undercover police officer, you know, a, a, a lunatic, a, someone dangerous, uh, you know, catalogue model, something like that. I normally get that sort of thing. What? Or they go, oh. But when someone asks him, he said, what do you do? He says, oh, I'm a representative of a worldwide organisation. We're in every, we have branches in almost, in fact, almost every country and nation around the world. Wow, that's heavy. What do you do? Well, we're involved in um, child education. We're involved in rehabilitation. We're involved in adult education and fulfillment. We're involved in uh, social outreach. We're involved in feeding programs. We're involved in uh, schools and hospitals. We're involved in colleges. Um, we have branches in different communities. We have different language groups involved in that. And we do this. And he reeled out all of these wonderful things. And the person he was talking to went, wow, that's amazing. What is the name of your organization? He said, it's the church. <laughs> it's the church. See, your perspective on what it is that you're involved in determines how much joy you're going to get. Wells are important. Wells are places where living water flows. Water is the foundation of life. Most of our body is made up of water. I mean, if you know that. So if anyone ever says that you're looking a bit fat, just say, no, I'm just flooded. <laughs> At the moment, I'm just feeling a bit flooded. More flooded than usual. It's okay. But water is the foundation of life. And because of that, wells were and are centers of community. Because the two things go hand in hand. That life, that, 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 that aspect of being alive, living, and community go hand in hand. So there's two parts to this message. I'm going to give you these two parts real quick. Part number one. What you have to understand about these wells is it's very important to understand the person and the place. The person and the place. One of the most important things that you're ever going to do in life is encounter the person of God, the God of salvation for yourself. How many of you have encountered the God of salvation for yourself? I'm not talking about second hand. I'm talking about you've encountered the God of salvation for yourself. Come on, lift your hand. This is not, this is not a, a test, but you've encountered him for yourself. He spoke to you. He's ministered to you. Come on, wave your hand in the air if you just don't care. Let someone else know that you've encountered the God of salvation. Really important. When God spoke to Moses, when God spoke to Isaiah, when God spoke to other prophets in the Old Testament, these were what we see or know as encounters with God, right? We know that Moses saw him in a burning bush. Isaiah encountered God on his throne, whether in a vision or whether he was actually physically there. We, we, we're not sure, but these were the encounters of God. When the, in the New Testament, when the disciples and the apostles and different people, when the woman at the well, when blind Bartimaeus encountered 
the physical human formed person of Jesus of Nazareth. That was their encounter with God. Sometimes we think to ourselves, if only I could have been alive then. I would have seen him with my own eyes. I could have touched the hem of his garment and maybe my sickness would have been healed. Or, you know, that was their encounter with God. And sometimes our perspective is, well, I wish I'd have had a burning bush experience. Or, or, or I wish I could have seen God high and lifted up. I, I wish I could have touched Jesus. I wish I could have eaten fish with him and, and I wish he could have come and touched me in his human form. And sometimes in the church today, our perspective of salvation and encountering God and encountering the life of God can sometimes be a bit skewed by that. But I want to let you know here today, right now, you have to grab this, that when you encounter the Holy Spirit, when you encounter that voice, that whisper, that unseen being that comes and enables you to reach out to God, enables your eyes to be open. When you feel within yourself that you need to repent of your sin and turn to God and there's no one around you. When you feel in yourself that, that voice, when, when there's that little whisper that tells you what to do, where to go, how to do it. The Holy Spirit of God that comes inside of you. That is our encounter with God right now. It's no different. It's just how God's expressing himself right now through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus and the Father are in the heavenly realm seated upon the throne of glory and majesty right now in control with all authority given unto them and they are there right now and the Holy Spirit has been sent onto this earth so that we can experience the same encounters that, they, that those old guys, those old time guys could only do one at a time. We can do it all at the same time. In fact, we're better off, right? So all that, man, I wish I was Moses and seeing a burning bush. You can have a tongue of fire come upon your head, being surrounded by 119 other people in an upper room in prayer, and the same type of experience that was Moses's alone can be for every single person that was there doing what God wanted them to do in the right place, reaching out to the right person. When Jesus was walking around in the Holy Land, in Palestine, touching people, reaching people, healing people, he wasn't in Manchester. He was in Jerusalem. He was in Judea. He was in Samaria. And only those people had the benefit of that while he was alive on the earth in human form. But right now, you can be in Manchester. You can be in Liverpool. You can be in Scotland, in Glasgow. You can be anywhere around the world. And the Holy Spirit can give you the same experience that they had at the same time. But still we complain about our salvation. Huh? We endure. Well, I've got to give this up. Well, I've got to do that. Well, I've got to go to church. I don't want to go to church. We've got technology now. Why don't we just watch it on, on our phone, in our bed, or at McDonald's car park with our drive-through breakfast? Or why can't we just watch it later when we got up and we can be bothered? Why do we have to go and turn up and do all this stuff? Why? We can endure it, right? Well, why do we have to financially give? Why do we have to pray? Why do we have to change? Why do we have to give stuff up? We endure it. But I want to let you know that God is about to reestablish some joy in our lives. 
But we can't make it happen ourselves. How many of you have tried to laugh your way out of stuff, right? You've tried to make yourself happy. Huh? And how many of you can tell when someone else is trying to fake it till they make it? Huh? You messed up, man. <laughs> I'm doing fine. You've got some sickness going on. You've got some madness going on. You ain't got no money. You know, there's a relational aspect that's, that's difficult. You've got some stuff going on with your kids in your own life mentally. There's some, there's some things that are being a bit loosened at the moment. And you don't know what's going on. And, and you, 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 someone asks you, how are you doing? And because you're a Christian, because you're a saint, because you feel like you, you can't have down days, and because you feel that like everyone's going to judge you, because obviously you haven't got enough faith, as if your faith that you raise up yourself is enough to do anything. And so we lie. We laugh. <laughs> I'm fine. Huh? Hallelujah. <laughs> and everyone's looking at you saying, what's the matter with you, man? That is the fakest laugh I've ever seen. That is a fake smile. Huh? Even in teeth are fake. Joy is not something that we conjure up for ourselves. Well, if I was richer, I'd, have, I'd be more joyful. Listen to me, money is good. Money's neutral. Having more money is okay. I'd like more money. If you don't want money and you have money and you think it's more holy not to have money, I'll take it. I will take your money. I will help you out. I'll take it off your hands. And I'll enjoy it. It's okay to enjoy money. But money's not everything. Having more money is not going to help you out. I could say to you right now, how many of you want a million pound? I've got access to a million pound funding. I can give it to you right now. Who would want it? A million pound. All right, some of you. What about 10 million? Let's ramp it up. 10 million can be deposited in your account today. Huh? 10 mil. Put your hand up. Wave your hand. I would have 10 mil right now because money is good. But what about if I said you can have it deposited in your account today, but you will not live till next Sunday? What? That's the condition. That's the condition. 10 million pounds in your account right now. You've got a week to enjoy it. Enjoy it. But we won't be seeing you next Sunday. Everyone's like, nah. Why? Because some things are more valuable than money. Money will make you happier, but if you have the condition that you're going to live for a long time. But there's no, if the condition's not there, then whatever. Where's joy come from? What is joy? How do we get it? Joy comes from following the right person. Joy comes from knowing who Jesus is. Joy comes from having the right perception, the right understanding of this person. The second person 
of the Trinity, what they call the Trinity. And some people will argue, well, the Trinity is not in the Bible. What is the Trinity? No one knows what the Trinity is. It's like an egg. It's got a shell. It's got a white. It's got a yolk. It's like water. It's, you know, it's water. It's ice. It's steam and all that stuff. And they give all these illustrations, but they don't give any definitions. So it's like, whatever. It doesn't even make sense. Without a definition, there's no illustration that can help. So here's my definition for you, right? God is one in being, three in persons. He is species unique. There is only one God being, one species, if you want to call it that, called God, Yahweh, Elohim, right? And there's three persons. Why does that work? How many human beings have we got in the house? Lift up your hands. I want to count your fingers. See if there's any six-fingered Nephilim in the house. Come in there as some sort of plant. There's one over there. There's, I'm doing like the evangelist did last week. There's one. We've got two. We've got three. There's three Nephilim in here right now. We're human beings. That's our species. There's between seven and eight billion of us. Unique individuals that make up one species. But there's only one being of God and three that make up that. And Jesus has his place in that, right? And he's the savior. And you have to believe and understand who he is for you to be saved. You have to understand what he did for your salvation. When he was born, the world was under the power of the enemy. There are also other beings that are species unique in the universe. They're called the celestial beings. The Bible talks about them as Elohim as well. They're, they're spiritual beings that were created not on earth. They're not terrestrial beings like us. They're celestial beings. And they serve God. He created them to serve his purposes. And one of those purposes was to serve us. Right? But some of them rebelled against him. And they became the fallen angels that came to earth. And I'm not going to go into all of the, the theology of it, but, but, but please understand that they, these, these fallen ones came to earth and they started to, to rebel against God, rebel against this creation and rebel so that we would come under their slavery. They became the gods that the nations worshipped up until this day. When you see all of these different gods of the Egyptians and the Persians and the Medes and the Babylonians and the Sumerians and the Greeks and all the rest of it, and you see all of these gods, they were, they were symbolic. They were, they were the, the things that used to show that there was an entity behind that that was rebellious against God. And they held sway over all of the earth. And people would come and worship them. And that's how they would receive their power. But in worshipping them, people became more and more entangled and enslaved in their practices. They became more and more enmeshed in that stuff until eventually the whole earth was just messed up. They changed their names. Today they're called entertainment. Today there's gods of the media. Today there's the financial gods. Mammon is still around. Come on, somebody. Lust is still around, pornography and stuff. These gods are worshipped at altars, on phones and iPads and laptops and computers. But when Jesus came, he came to destroy the works of the enemy. 
He came to buy back the earth and all of its territory and everyone on it, us humans that had been enslaved to these other things. Understanding that, knowing that and believing that is what causes that spiritual transformation to take place in our lives. That takes us out of slavery. And this scripture that we read in, in Isaiah chapter 12 is speaking about the exodus. Because everything's mirrored in the Bible. So when the children of Israel came out of slavery in Egypt under the bondage of Pharaoh and his gods, when God sent the ten plagues, it wasn't just random, it was against all the gods of the Egyptians to release his people that they could go into the wilderness and worship him because he was going to take them to a place, a promised land. And they followed this person, Yahweh. And they came out into this place that he was taking them. It's the same today. God has taken us out of slavery and bondage to the systems of the world, to the surrounding things, the circumstances, all of the opposition stuff to God. He's taken us out. He's dealing with all of these things. He wants to deal with all these things again so that we can come out and come to this place of promise where he wants us to be. That's what a great commission Go into all the world and make disciples of all the nations is one of the biggest forms of spiritual warfare that anyone can ever do. Making a disciple of someone is spiritual warfare. Getting baptized in water is spiritual warfare. Right? I sacked my notes ages ago. I'm just talking off the cuff right now. Is that all right? Huh? And then when Jesus came and lived, he was dis disrupting and dismantling the enemy's kingdom. Every miracle he did was a sign. Every person that was raised from the dead was a sign. Every leper that was healed was a sign. Every blind eye that was open was a sign. Every demon-possessed person that was delivered was a sign that his kingdom had come. And that when he died on the cross and the enemies thought that they had him, they thought that they'd defeated God, he went down into the grave and he told them, you lost, man, you messed up. Because I am not dead. Uh, watch this. By, I'm coming back alive. Because there is no sin in me. You have no hold on me. There is no place for me in this place. I've come down to take the keys of death and hell off you so that all my people can be set free. And now when he rose again from the dead, now he has taken all authority away from all of those fallen gods. The only authority they have now legally in the heavens is nothing. The only authority they have now is what we give them. He said, so why are you still enduring things I want you to enjoy? I've set you free. Why do you keep coming back under bondage? Sometimes it's because we're conditioned to do that. Sometimes it's because we don't know our place. We don't know where we fit. We don't know where we belong. One of the biggest attacks that there's ever been in history is against God's church, places, communities that exist around wells, places of living water that follow the person of Jesus Christ. You've got to find your place. Camp up around the well of living water. How many of you have seen the Asbury revival? 
There was a revival in Kentucky on a university where people just kept coming and repenting. Young people just coming, coming, coming. Thousands. Started off as a, a Bible study and ended up as thousands of people coming in revival from all over the world. Right? And they were just coming. It was very organic. It was very simple. There was no flashy business. It was just people coming. Just kept coming and kept praying and kept worshipping and kept getting their breakthrough and kept drinking of the living water because they had found a place where the living water was flowing. And the person of Jesus Christ was central. But they had to be there. I've heard about it. I've watched it online, but I didn't experience the reality of it because I couldn't get there. Let me know. Attendance at church is key in this day. It's going to get even more key. Imagine someone was there who was like, you know what, that was a good Bible study, praise God. And they heard from their friends, are we going back there? There's something happening there. And they're like, no, I'm just going to stay in my dorm. I'm a student. I've got some noodles to make. I've got some cereals to eat. You know what I mean? I'm hungry. I'm a student. I'm just going to stay in dorm. I'm, I'm just going to work on my, you know, my, my, my coursework about Jesus. Instead of going there and being there at the well. So you have to find your place, man. When you find your place, sink your shaft down. Sink your roots down. Because then part two comes. Finding that person, finding that place is key. But part two is really exciting. Because if you do that, and you know what salvation is all about, you know who your Savior is, part two is really important. Then you find your purpose. You could be looking here and you can be looking there and you can be looking all over to find a purpose, but unless you're finding it in God, you're going to thirst again. Whatever that purpose is, it's going to leave you thirsty. But when you're in God, even though there's times of disappointment, there's times of down, you know, there's times when you're down, you're feeling depressed, you're feeling blue, you know that there's a well that you can sink into. If you're thirsty, put the bucket down. If you're thirsty, it's because you're away from the well and you've run out of water in your bucket. But the good news is there's a constant living flow there for you to get your bucket and put your bucket down into that well and let it down into the living water so that you can get that living water and you can bring it back up and you can drink of that. Purpose is key. Jesus said in John to the woman at the well and talking about the fulfillment of this scripture. He describes these wells. He says, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him. Check it out. In him. In her. Say, in me. Not outside you. In you. I'm not saying that you have to come to church because church is the only place that there's living water. I'm saying it helps to come into community because iron sharpens iron. It helps to come into community because sometimes you need to hear and hear by the Word of God from something outside yourself. It helps to come into community to spark you up a little bit, for someone to lift you up sometimes, for someone to get some, some accountability in your life, to speak to you. But at, if you're saved, if you're born again... It's in you. 
It's in you. But sometimes we struggle getting it out of ourselves. Sometimes you need someone to come and dip their bucket into your well. Sometimes you need to let someone come and drink from your living water. Because your living water is not just to be contained in a bottle. It's life-giving when it flows. Our purpose is to enjoy our salvation and to bless other people with it. Once again, another acronym. We're coming into a close. Let's have the worship team back. Joy. J-O-Y. What I see amongst a lot of Christians is yodge. Joy backwards. Like, all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to say, you know what? You look like you're in a yodge. You yodge today. How's your yodge? Because the acronym JOY, J-O-Y, stands for Jesus first. The person, the, the place. Other people second. Which is your purpose. Yourself. Then comes in at the back. How many of you know when it gets flipped around because we're doing things based upon external circumstances and external stimuli and based upon external things and we're trying to get our joy from something outside of ourselves that is not God and God hasn't put it in there, then you're going to end up in a yodge because then it's all about you first. Then it might be other people. How many of you know Jesus is right there at the background? And you can even be a good Christian because you Take care of yourself and you take care of others. But Jesus ain't in it. That's why you end up enduring things. That's why you end up disappointed with stuff. I've been disappointed lately, just disappointed with a grind, disappointed with... What I, I don't see of what I believe God wants to do. I get disappointed. Disappointed in people messing up, disappointed in this, disappointed in that. You get disappointed, right? I'm the pastor. I'm meant to be the man of power for the hour. But I'm going to be honest with you. I'm real. And there's a disappointment that comes sometimes. There's an enduring that comes, and you're enduring the grind. But I really believe that God has been showing me. I didn't even want to preach today. Should we... Shall we really be real in the church? Can you handle a pastor that ain't just going to tickle your ears and pretend that he's the best thing since sliced bread, that he's got it all together, and that he's better than you? Because how many of you know that is not the role of a pastor? The role of a pastor is to take care of, protect, lead to better places. Right? I didn't even want to preach. I haven't preached the last two Sundays. We've had guests. It's been lovely. It's been powerful. And I've been like preaching two, three times a week for years. Years. And I had two weeks off and I'm like, this week I'm like, man, I've got to preach Sunday. Gosh. I've got to go into study. I've got to go into prayer. I've got to prepare myself. I've got to 
think about what it is you want to say to the people. God, I've got to hear your voice. And I've got all these other distractions and all these other things. My wife's in America. I'm taking care of business. I'm doing the washing, the cleaning. Are you with me? And the shopping. Right? Taking care of the kids. Cooking. Making every bed. Clearing every floor. Hello. Making decisions that she would normally make. Making phone calls that she would normally make. Hello. Huh? Big up every single parent in the house right now. Especially the women. Huh? Big up the women. And I was like, man. I wonder if Pastor James has got a message. <laughs> Pastor Kevin, I don't know if he's, what he's doing today. If he's, has he got a little message he can bring? Maybe Dylan's just going to preach and it's just going to go into revival, man. I'm, maybe his seven minutes are going to go into 27 minutes like some people do. Then I could just come up and wrap the thing up like a burrito. Just <laughs> present it to you. Come on, let's pray, man. God's moving. And I had to ask myself, why is that, Paul? Why is it that you don't want to do the thing that you love doing? The thing that gives you meaning and purpose in your life. The thing that brings you alive. Representing God. Speaking his word. That brings me alive. See the passion? You know, I don't do this normally in other stuff. I don't shout and scream and sweat and spit. I don't do that. I just sit there very calmly. But there's something about doing the will of God, finding your purpose because you're following that person. You're doing it for the right motive. You know where your place is. You know where you're meant to be. And then from there, you know where your purpose is. That all of a sudden, last night, I finally went before God and gave up. I said, all right then, Lord, give me a word. And he said, son, with joy, draw from the wells of salvation. Why? You're not enjoying me. I had to think about that. You know what came to me? is that you don't really enjoy what you're not giving your attention to. And where there's distraction, where there's other things, where there's all this different stuff, where there's all these good things we can be doing, if our eyes are not fixed on Jesus, and then we're not looking at other people, I'm thinking, how can I represent Jesus to you? God wants to give you your joy back. I want you to stand to your feet with me. This church is a well. I believe God's opening a well in this church of the joy of salvation. I believe that people are going to be joyful. You've seen your son come back. You've seen your daughter get saved. You've seen your friend come to church. You've seen people give their lives to the Lord. You've seen things happen. There's been a healing in your life. There's been a breakthrough in your life. Where's the joy? 
Why are you not joyful? Why are you not going and telling people, come and meet a man who told me everything I ever did? Where's all the people you used to bring to church? Where's the stuff you used to do in church? Where's the giving that you used to give to the church? Where is it? Are you putting yourself first now? Lift up your hands if you really want to know the joy of salvation. Joy. You know, you know what you've got to do? You've got to be real before God. I'm getting my joy back, me. I've been real before God. I'm being real. Woe to me if I ever come and fake it till I make it. Listen, I will still lead. I will still preach. I will still pray. I will still cover. I will still reach. I will still counsel. I will still give. I will still sow. I will still sacrifice. I will do that because that's my purpose. That's my place. But I can do it enduring it or I can do it enjoying it. And I don't know about you, I've been enduring it for a little bit, but I want to enjoy it again. And one of the ways you do it first is to be honest and come before God and be honest and just say, God, this is where I am. And then be humble. Say, God, this is what I'm not. And repent and say, God, this is where I'm changing my mind. And then just worship. Say, this is who I believe you are. You are the God of my salvation. You are the God of my salvation. You are the God of my strength and I will not be afraid. You have become my salvation. And with joy, I'm going to start drawing from the wells of that salvation. God has put something in you if you're born again of himself. It can come back up. We ask for revival. We say, come Holy Spirit, as if he's going to come and drop on you like an Old Testament prophet when he says, I'm in you. Take the lid off. I'm in you. Take the cap off. Take the limit off. Take the restriction off. Take the fear off. Take the doubt off. And let me come out. I want to be poured out from you. He wants to lift up inside of you. From inside of you, there's going to come springs and wells and streams of living water. So we're just gonna we're just gonna open up these altars right now. I really believe that this is a popping point. This is a turning point in this church. There's been some amazing things that have been taking place lately, but there still seems to be something that's stuck in people's lives. It's like we get to a certain point in our worship. We get to a certain point in our prayer. You get to a certain point in your transformation. You get to a certain point in your giving and then you retract. You bounce back. You pull back. You don't go forward. You don't press forward. You don't break out. And I include myself in it. There's, a, there's been a conditioning and a cap in. But God's saying, I'm taking the cap off. I want you to just take the cap off. Be the flea that jumps out the jar. Not the one that's just conditioned by keep banging his head up against the same thing. Some of you, God's going to use you 
in these coming weeks and months. He's going to raise you back up. He's going to use you in ways that you never thought possible. You're going to lead your friends to God. You're going to be worshipers. You're going to be givers. You're going to be intercessors. You're going to pray people through. You're going to see transformation come. You're going to lay hands on the sick and see them get well. You're going to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit on one of your friends, and they're going to get filled, speak in other tongues. There are gifts of healing available in this place. Some of you have prophetic words and word gifts. You have words of knowledge. Some of you have discernment of spirits. Some of you have the gift of faith. Some of you can pray mountains out of the way. Some of you could pray souls into the kingdom. Some of you, God wants to use your life. There are authors in this place. There are worshippers in this place. Songwriters in this place. There are merchandise uh, 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 creators in this place. There are teachers in this place. There are leaders in this place. There are evangelists in this place. There are prayer warriors in this place. There are people in this place that God wants to use your life. He wants to give you joy. There are people in this place that are going to turn society upside down. There are media content creators in this place. There are influencers in this place that are going to influence people for Jesus. There are good parents in this place. There are good children in this place. There are people in this place that God says, I have placed my well inside your heart. Draw from it right now. My spirit who is in you is the same spirit that pulled Jesus out of the grave. So if you've been struggling, if you've been coming up against a wall, if you've been hitting a limitation, if you haven't been enjoying stuff, if there's been no joy in your life, if there's been no light in your life, I want you to come out here right now and begin to give Jesus all of that stuff. And lift up your voices and lift up your hands and lift up your prayers and lift up your worship and speak those words and sing those songs. Victory Outreach Manchester is a family in the city and we are here for you. Visit us every Sunday in person at the church building or live on Facebook and YouTube at 10am. Go to our website vomanchester.org.uk for more information.